Hey, it's Jamie Sumner, left guard from 1994-95, and this is the Bunch of Nuts podcast with my boys Dan and Cass. Go Bucks! Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. I'm Dan here with Big Cass. Big Cass, man. Uh, I, I just got to bring this up. 12 years ago today, Tr- Jim Trestle was no longer the coach of Ohio State football. It was his you know, last day. Um, and then, you know, that was his, this was his final day 12 years ago. Um, just crazy how time flies and that the program is still, you know, one of the best programs in college football. Not much has changed. Um, other than, you know, no more Trestle, no more Urban. Now it's Ryan Day's turn. Yeah. Um, I remember when the day he got fired, slash resigned. Um, it was interesting because at the time we were like, okay, you know, Urban Meyer just signed this big deal with ESPN. Uh, Sickle just thrown, was thrown into this position. We ended up with Joe Bowserman at starting quarterback. Go six and seven. We probably should have started Braxton Miller at right out the gate. And <laughs> the rest is history. I mean, you know, the program, we've won a national title since then. We've been to a, a national championship. Trust My question to you is, is it time to finally start um, giving Jim Trestle his flowers that he deserves? Uh, is Absolutely. It finally, is it finally time to let 2011 go because if it was NIL time now, Jim Trest- back then, Jim Trestle would never lost his job. And he shouldn't have lost his job in the first place. I mean, I get the 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 cover up. I it, it, I guess you can. Even, it's not really much of a cover up. It, it's not like what some of these programs do. But they say, oh, the cover up's bigger than the crime. So it, I mean, it, he didn't do anything wrong. He absolutely right. deserves his recognition. He will get his recognition, I think. Oh yeah, I mean, like like I like I said a few weeks ago, and I said a lot a lot of times. You know, I mean, if that tattoo shop did not get raided, we're not having this conversation about Jim Trump. No. Now, I do think it kind of was a blessing in disguise because I don't know. If Jim Trestle would have been able to maintain the Ohio State prestige, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think bringing Urban Meyer and now Ryan Day has really like expanded recruiting and national recruiting because we barely got any national recruited guys with Trestle. Um, I feel like the program, in my opinion, we'd be like a Wisconsin, it, <laughs> uh, like they're like a Wisconsin, you know. Um, I don't think I think what Urban Meyer and Ryan Day now Ryan Day has done with recruiting and elevating has been outstanding, and I think I, I think it has been a blessing in disguise if you really want it. But it definitely Jim Trestle deserves his flowers, uh, deserves his name to be you know around <clears throat> with Wood and or, you know eventually Urban Meyer. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, speaking of Urban Meyer, Cass, this this was released today. An interesting article from the Columbus Bis- Dispatch, and it's the most random friendship. Um, Billy Horschel, PGA Tour golfer, um, actually won the Memorial last year. Memorial, coincidentally, this weekend in Columbus. Um, if you haven't been down to Bridge Park, 
I highly recommend it to anyone listening. If you're in the Dublin area, go check out Bridge Park. They have like everything set up for Memorial Tournament. It's great. We, me and Bree were there this weekend. Um, it was awesome. Um, they're doing a lot of big things, and obviously they're going to play this weekend, and it's going to be great. Um, but Billy Horschel in the Memorial, he is like personal friends with Urban Meyer just because of his time in Florida. Um, he believes Urban Meyer is officially done coaching. Um, I mean, it, it, it's just interesting to me because, you know, we're getting this from Billy Horschel, a PGA Tour guy's perspective. I know, you know, you'll hear like Zach Smith come out with something saying he doesn't think Urban's done. You'll hear it from someone else. Cass, I think you think he's done. He's going to do Fox, obviously. I think I think you've made that pretty clear. Um, but I, what are your thoughts on this? I, I, I mean, I don't think he knows what he's talking about, but I also think the game has passed Urban Meyer by. I mean, we kind of, I mean, his offense, look at it. He had to bring Ryan Day because he wanted to keep running quarterback power runs and stuff. He had to bring Ryan Day in to jolt that offense. Um, that's why I say I think his the game has kind of passed him by a little bit. Look look at Nick Saban and his offenses. He's had to bring in great offensive minds to keep his offenses going. And I mean, I think I'm not saying he, I'm not 100 percent that he's going to be done, but I'm pretty sure he's done. But I don't know what job out there it would be calling. The only one I can think with a lot of money is Texas A&M. And so, yeah, I, I, think can, I, I, I don't think Texas A&M would be a job for him. The two jobs I think I, – I don't, I don't think he's done. I, I, I feel like he's going to get the itch again at one point, um, whether it be – uh, you know, at a major college program or even like a smaller time college program. I, I just, I, I feel like it's in his blood to develop young men, to coach, to be around the game. As much as he's great on Fox, I, I don't think he's done. Um, the two, the two that make sense to me cast, if, if it were to happen, um, one, it would be Cincinnati in a couple of years. It, it, let's say Scott Statterfield goes in there. Doesn't really – I mean, I don't think he's going to do what Fickle did. I think the expectations are really high. I don't think he's, you know, the greatest coach in the world. He was kind of average at – a little above average at Louisville. It wasn't, didn't really impress me for the most part. Um, I can see Cincinnati's alma mater potentially reaching out. I think that would be a decent fit, especially when they're a big 12, 12-team playoff. Um, I could see that being a nice little landing spot for him. Also, another spot. I think this is an obvious one, a reunion in Florida uh, with because I don't think Billy Napier's it. Um, I think honestly he might be on the hot seat after this year. I wouldn't be shocked if you know Florida tried to go after Urban one more time and just re- relive old times. I honestly see Florida more than Cincinnati. I, I just don't think he would want to compete against Ohio State and Ohio. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, that would make sense. Um, now that you mentioned that, um, and it's like, you know, how much is Cincinnati really ready to win too? I mean, Fickle did a great job building the program, but I feel like what Fickle got them to, that's, that's the height of what they would be. Um, yeah, I, it, it, it's interesting. I just don't see you know, Florida, Florida and Texas A&M are the only two jobs right now that I could think of the top of my head that you could go to. I mean, USC's got their guy. Texas, as of right now, has their guy. Um, yeah. Maybe Oklahoma. Maybe Oklahoma. Possibly, uh, I I could see I could see him at Oklahoma. I mean, I think I think Florida makes the most sense just because with you know with what he did there, 
um, and how they've really fallen off since. And then that division's tough. That that East Division, Tennessee, um, Georgia, they, they got some good. They got some good up and coming programs in that division, and some obviously some established programs. If Saban leaves too in a couple of years, that might be a good spot for him. Well, the way that the landscape of what the is going to look like, the SEC East could be really, really good because it's starting to look like Alabama and Auburn are going to be jump, jumping into the East, SEC East, where uh, Missouri, Texas, Texas, Oklahoma, yeah, I mean, Texas and Oklahoma are going to fill that West spot, um, which still doesn't make sense why Missouri is going to still be in the SEC West, I mean, East. But, um, I mean, it all depends. Also, too, does he want to deal with the stress of the NIL? Like, he would have to go into a situation where he'd have to have – he would have to hire an extra coach just for NIL advisor, in my opinion. You know, though, I don't think he would be bad at that. I really – I don't think – you know, because he, he, he's such no. a good – recruiter he he has he ha he, he's charismatic on tv i i don't think the nil would really impact him as much as people say i just don't think he would want to deal with it man i think he would be able to he would want to be able to um hire that advisor type person I mean, I just, I, I just also think he's done just because Shelly is being wants him home. I think that's the biggest thing too. He has his grandkids. Uh, life's good. He's get a nice cushy deal with Fox. His health and everything. It, it doesn't make sense for him. I believe he's done too. Um, I think the Jaguars thing was just one last hurrah to see, see what he could do. Didn't, didn't turn out well. His son-in-law is a future co-offensive coordinator. Ohio. Mm-hmm. So. Now, let's say let's say uh, you know years from now, Corey Dennis is like a, a coach or something, a head coach at a, a, a smaller time program. Let's say, which is not you know ten. Let's say ten years from now, that could ha- totally be a thing. Could you see him having Urban and maybe like a Joe Philbin type role, just like as an advisor, an analyst, just on, on the I, side? You see that. I think that's um, more realistic. We, we didn't. We weren't able to discuss the Joe Philbin because it was after our episode came out. Um, I think it's a brilliant hire. Because I hate it. <laughs> he's a great coach. Like he's great offensive coach. He's a Super he's a Super Bowl champion. I think bringing him in is a home run because he could help. He's going to help Brian Hartline, and he's going to help Justin Fry when it comes to like. I think it's a huge boost when it comes to our offensive line. And I think that's what I think Ryan Day knew what the weakness was, was this year was the offensive line and bringing in Joe Philman to help Justin Fry develop that offensive line is huge. That, that is huge. And I think Joe Philman is at the time of his career where he can afford to be that, that guy. I'm going to help Ryan Hartline out because. And it's also going to help Ryan Day too, as he, you know, as he tries to transition into that role. As you know, I'm the head coach. I have the keys to the, the Ferrari, and I'm trying to, you know, I have to overlook at the defense too. So I don't, I don't hate the concept of the hire. I think anytime you can bring in a, an experienced NFL guy, it's a smart move um, because it's just a fact. I feel like if you bring in an NFL guy, 
they're so much usually usually I feel like they're so much more knowledgeable about the game. They know the little nuances better than you know most coaches in in the like a younger college coach. I think he's going to bring a lot of stuff to the table. Um, I, I, I'm sure he will be an asset. With that being said, I just hate Joe Philbin. Always have since he's been the NFL man, and it, I mean like I I just don't like the guy. I just don't like his aura. I know I like I know I know I'm going to sound terrible. I just don't like him, man. Like the season of Hard Knocks I watched of him, I just was uninspired. I I just I, that was a, like just a terrible season of Hard Knocks. I didn't like how he's he treated some of the players when he was a coach. I didn't like his mentality. Maybe he's changed. I don't know. I think he gets too much credit for the Super Bowl because you know I mean you had Prime Aaron Rodgers and you know Jermichael Finley, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, like sick sick team. Um, I, I I think he's overrated, in my opinion. With that being said, he's definitely going to help. So I'm open to it. But when this when 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 we do something dumb on offense this year, I'm just blaming Joe Philbin. I'm not going to blame Ryan Day. I'm not going to. That's he's going to be my scapegoat, and that's the way I'm I'm do, dealing with this man. <laughs> he's not calling plays though. Yeah, uh, he, if we run a bubble, if we run three bubble screens in a row, I'm like. Damn it, Joe Philbin! Like, <laughs> I mean, if we run three bubble screens in a row, in a row, that's Ryan Day. Like, that's all Ryan Day. That's not Joe Philbin. <laughs> God, I don't think we're gonna run three bubble screens in a row, though. We'll see. I don't know, but I mean, like, I'm glad. I'm glad at least you could be the good cop here. I'm the bad cop. I just, I just don't like the guy. Just, and, and you know what the sad part is too. I there's a hundred percent chance now. I'm saying this. I'm gonna run into him at like a supermarket, and he's gonna be like the nicest guy to me. And I'm gonna be like, damn it, I have to be be his friend now because I, I feel like that's just the way it goes. Yeah, I mean, it it it's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be fun. I, I think it's gonna help a lot with and with the development of Brian Hartwright and Justin Fry. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Ryan um, Day brought him in. Yeah, no, uh, go on. I th- no, I, that, that, felt, that was my statement. Oh, right. um, okay, cool. Um, I was going to say, uh, on a little side note here, um, I was at a Clippers game this weekend, on um, this Friday, and they were playing the uh, Indianapolis Indians, which it, it, it's, it's crazy right. to me. It's crazy to me, first thing, that there's a team in AAA called the Indianapolis Indians, called the Indians, playing against the AAA version of the the, the Indians. <laughs> but the Indians can't be called the Indians. Um, but they can have a AAA team being called the Indians. It makes no sense. The dumbest thing ever. Um, but that's not the point. The point is, I was at the game, like sixth, seventh inning, beautiful night, Friday, in the outfield, and lo and behold, you know who walks by, Cass? Lathan Ransom and Denzel Burke um, just ca- casually enjoying a nice game, nice nice Friday night no. game. They're, they were there to see Cannon Smith and Jigba, um, and it was just it was good to see them out and about, just having good clean fun. Um, I, I thought it was funny. Denzel Burke had a beanie on. It was like seventy five degrees out, and I, I, I loved how Lathan called him Zell. That's his nickname apparently to call him Zell. So. But it's good to see, you know, the DBs as a cohesive unit out and about, um, just enjoying Columbus, seeing what the, has a, the city has to offer. Um, great, great bonding, it looked like. They call him Zell because they send uh, money to him through the Chase app, Zell. Zell. <laughs> Possibly. That might be where he gets his NIL money. 
Maybe. I mean, uh, but were they in the outfield? Or were they sitting in the outfield? Uh, no. So they came in through the oh. outfield entrance, and I believe they were sitting by home plate. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because if they were sitting in the outfield, like, okay, somebody needs to up their NIL, because why are they no. sitting in the well, I mean, all right. It's the Clippers. It's the Clippers, though. There's not a bad seat in that stadium. But they were they were sitting down. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw the Instagram store. They went down by the home plate because uh, they came in, and I knew it was them right away. Like I, I know what Lathan Ransom and Denzel Burke look like. Um, and they were right by me, and I I, I looked. And like I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to go up to him, and I didn't want a fanboy. But then a couple like younger college kids went up to him. They started taking selfies, and they were like, they were loving it. They were like loving every second of it. And then they like continued on. Um, but it, it was just great to see you know them out and about. Um, that brings me to another thing, though. Speaking of the DBs, your boy Sonny Styles. Um, they're saying he might be our high safety this year. What do you think of that? Well, he played high safety in high school. I mean. Oh, we lost Cass. Classic. Hold on. Let me get him back. All right. We got, all right. We got Cass back. Uh, this happens once an episode. He just hits the, the exit button. Uh, so Cass. Okay. I don't even know. <laughs> three in a row, man. You're, you're on a streak. <laughs> yeah, three in a row. No one was funny style. He played that in high school. Bad thing in the high school is every offense ran away from them, but I like it. Yeah, I mean that's where Josh Foster started in the spring, but you know they got to they got to start Sonny Styles. And this DB, I think this DB with Jahad Carter's injury you know, unknown right now, you need your best out there. And I think Jim Knowles recognize that Sonny Styles is going to be one of the best. Um, a lot, I think the safeties are going to be Lathan Ransom, you know Sonny Styles, and it's going to be. And then you're you're going to rotate with you know the whoever the nickelback is going to be whether it's going to be you know the hot Carter or it's going to be Jordan Hancock because Davidson and Ingamusu and Denzel Burke aren't going to leave the field. I gotta I say too, like Lathan Lathan beefed up because he looked. I mean he he looked he looked big in person, way bigger than what he looks in TV. Um, I mean, he 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 remind me of, like his his chest, his upper body. It's like the same size as like Steel Chambers. Now he obviously has a little lower body, he's a little quicker and stuff, a little lighter. But I mean, he's a big guy uh, in person. I was I was really impressed by his size. Yeah, I I I'm in love. I mean, I like I like Lacey Brad. So I just wish he wasn't the guy that fell down against Georgia. But he had no business playing that position. So I. I've learned that on coaching right there. Um, but I think, I think this defense, I think this defense could be lights out. I, I really do. I, I, I have high hopes for this defense. Um, I know one of the segments we wanted to talk about, and I'm going to bring him up before, but I think CJ Hicks has to play a lot. There has to be a package, package for CJ Hicks. Um, it, it was a guy that, you know, you know, CJ Hicks has to play. In my opinion, him and Sonny Styles have to see the field so much because, in my opinion, with Adam, with Davidson, and Gbosu, and the back seven, those three are your most athletic guys, and I believe those three have to play because I believe that those three have that generational talent, uh, bodies, body types. I think CJ Hicks is could be a mixture, and I'm I'm throwing this out there could be 
the attitude of Raekwon McMillan, but the physicality of Jerome Baker. That's uh, yeah. No, I, and, I mean, I think that is a fair comparison. He, I mean, when you look at him, like, comparison-wise, body type-wise, it's absolutely a Jerome Baker. I mean, I think I think that's the same size, but uh, I, I I know what you're saying. I mean, it. the good news is, Cass, it's defense. It, 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 that's the one, like, that's the part of the football team where, you know, there's always guys getting subbed in and out. I feel like injuries are more prevalent. Targeting could be a factor. I think all those guys are going to play important roles. They might not start every game. I, it, Davison will at corner, I think, barring an injury. Um, but is Tommy Eichenberg the smartest guy on the field? Yeah, that's the issue. He's not the most athletic. He's going to fill the gap. Problem is, is do you rotate CJ Hicks and and uh, your Chambers? Could I mean what we dude? I'm I'm not even kidding. We could run. Ohio State could run a three-four. You put Ty Ty Leak at nose tackle, and then probably maybe Michael Hall as an end, and then obviously JTT's an end, and then probably swap out either Michael Hall, Aiden Curry, or Jack Sawyer. I don't know what they would need at that other end position. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like JTT and Ty Leak, you know, th- those are your two big guys, and then it doesn't matter who the other end is, and then you sub, and then Ooh, you have, you could. If we run a three four, you gotta. The thing is, if we run a three four, you gotta bring, you gotta bring back. I think Michael Hall Jr. has to be that nose guard. He he plays that Aaron Donald type, and you have your two down ends gotta be JTT and Jack Sawyer. I think you have to bring Keanu Jackson or Caden Curry on the outside as your fourth outside edge rusher. Interesting. With Hicks, with Hicks and and Steele and Tom. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, they, they uh, I, there's I so many hear, combinations, which is great. I would see it in passing situations. That might be your line. When we need good pass rush, you're going to put move in Jack Sawyer, Keanu Jackson, or Caden Curry is going to be outside. You're going to bring in, and it's going to be short passes. It's not going to be deep ball. It's going to be like third and four situation where they might bring in. You know, a package where I got you could stop the run, but also stop the short pass. It makes sense to me, bro. I mean, it's they have to find packages where they can get more than more than two linebackers on the field with with Hicks. If if Hicks is better, I mean, that's what they're gonna have to determine. If not only is Hicks might not be better than you know Steel Chambers or Eichenberg. But Hicks might be better than an extra end, you know what I'm saying, or an extra defensive back. They they might go more traditional in, in, in a for, way. Luckily for the Buckeyes, and I'm looking here at Ohio State schedule here, and I don't know what Youngstown State runs, so I'm not going to. I'm, I'm not including them. Indiana runs a little bit of a spread. West Kentucky, we know, runs like an air raid type. Notre Dame runs that spread running offense. Maryland runs a spread. Purdue runs a spread. Penn State runs that spread running with two great running backs. Then we get Wisconsin, Michigan State. I don't know what the heck they're going to run this year. I don't know what the heck Minnesota is going to run. And then we know Michigan. So we have two teams, three teams on our team, on our schedule, that's a run for football team in Penn State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. 
And the rest of them are going to be teams that are going to throw the ball. Yeah, it's going to help. I think you have to have CJ Hicks on the field because I think he can defend it. I I I feel like I mean I do feel like Hicks is I, I have, we haven't really seen much of him against the pass, but I I, I want to believe he's a really good player against the pass. <laughs> I mean, he showed classes in the spring game, but I, be, I believe someone said he's the next Micah Parsons. I mean, that's 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 a big those are big shoes to fill. But I did see that, that on Twitter. Block. So I'm was that the famous Sam Block. No, it was someone else. It, it, believe it or not, it wasn't. It wasn't the block spot. It, someone uh, said it, and people. Uh, I think AP tweeted at him, or like, "Dude, you're crazy." And it's, yeah, I'm gonna have to side with AP on that one. But I could see right, it. Huh? I could see it. Yeah, it. I mean, it's not impossible, but it would no, be nice. I mean, yeah, body type, yeah, player in development. We don't know. That's the thing. We don't know. I, I think the play styles are a little different, though. The, the body types, yes, but they they are, they play a little different. I haven't seen I haven't seen enough of CJ Hicks in an Ohio State uniform to justify if he get it. But I've seen film on him, his high school film. That yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I mean, and what's great is right now these are all hypotheticals. When August comes and the pads come on. Um, you know, some dudes are really going to start rising up the depth chart. You know, spring spring was great. Um, a lot of people shine in spring, though. I feel like it's meant for the majority of people to really shine. When August comes, though, I feel like that's when the real dudes begin to stick out. Because that's when it gets way more physical. Not that it isn't physical in spring, but there's, there's more injuries, I feel like. Um, they're just kind of trying to get people to understand the base stuff. Um, they want to get out of there without any injuries. They really want to, you know, bulk the guys up. And, you know, August is where, you know, it gets real. Right. Um, but Cass, I have another question. And uh, this is regarding the uh, one of the receivers. Because we posted this on Twitter. And we actually got some good reaction to this. Um it, it, 247 came out with the graphic. You sent it to me. I just posted it on Twitter. Um, it, it was basically Marvin Harrison stats from last year, Marvin Harrison Jr. stats, Mecca Buka stats. Very similar. Um, it, it's just it's just wild because, you know, Marvin Harrison, they're, they're saying, you know, he's, he's a lock for the at least second overall pick, potential Heisman winner type player. Mecca Buka is not far behind him. Another 1,000-yard receiver. Uh, ninth in the nation in receiving, twelfth in touchdown receptions. Amazing year, and like no one really talks about him. I feel like as much as uh, Marvin Harrison. So this begs the question, um, and, and and this is you know in recent history, is Ameka Abuka the most uh, uh, under most overshadowed? I guess is the correct term. Overshadowed wide receiver in Ohio State memory in recent Ohio State memory. Yeah, I mean, I he's the best out of you know. I mean, you look at that twenty eighteen team. I mean, KJ Hill is the only one I could think that kind of got overlooked because you think that twenty eighteen team, people were always talking about you know uh, Paris Campbell. You know, KJ Hill always made those 
or Marcus for catches, but it's all Paris Campbell that year because he took bubble screens to the house. He, he housed bubble screens. He, Terry McLaurin had an awesome, unforgettable year. Now he's doing things in the NFL. And then you look at KJ Hill, it's like, oh, he just got the, he got the grunt work. And then, you know, and then Chris Olave emerges. Like, that, that's where, you know, I say, okay, yeah, maybe KJ Hill, but I, yeah, I met Joe Booker because, you know, look who we, Marvin Harrison, already the freakiest freaks of wide receivers. And then you got a Mecca Buka who, who quietly, like, you know, 77, 73 receptions or something like that. It's, I, I mean, it's Chris a, Olave, one of, one, obviously one of the best receivers in Ohio State history. He never he never got over the thousand yard barrier, <laughs> and Ameka Abuka did it, and it felt like it was just like an. It, it really felt like he left a lot on the table for some reason. Yeah, the thing too, Cade Stover came came out of nowhere last yeah. year. Uh, I mean, Julian Fleming had a really good year. I thought um, when he when he you know he, I think he definitely. Well, and also too, you got to think too. It was all about. JSN too, like JSN. Even though he's hurt, but people are talking about is JSN coming back? Is JSN coming back? Is that yeah. gonna be a help? A help Marvin Harrison Jr. and yeah. I know. No, I, mean, I know you're. I, go ahead. No, you go. I, I know you're uh, a Yankees fan. You ought to appreciate what the Reds are doing to the Red Sox right now. It's nine to three. Beautiful. Uh, Red Sox. Uh, uh, Reds. Yeah, but beautiful. I'm waiting for the Reds to start tanking again, but that's okay. Yeah, but. it's it, apparently if you're into if you're into home if you're into baseball and MLB, um, into Home Run Tuesday. This has been one of the worst Home Run Tuesdays in recent memory, though. Apparently, not a yeah. lot of home runs today around the league. Uh, Jose Barrera had a grand slam. So, yeah, that's that's great. Um, I'll go back to Mega Buka, like. Uh, <laughs> I am like the I think he's the most underrated and underappreciated wide receiver. I, I I agree, and also some people said, "Oh, Xavier Johnson, everything." I I don't think Xavier Johnson's underrated and overshadowed. I just think he is um, like an underdog, kinda. And it, it, it's an underdog, and he's going to do the things that he's going to do all the right. He's gonna. He's kind of like. He's more. I, yeah. I want. I would say he's more like an Evan Spencer, if that makes and sense. He's not, yeah. He's not gonna do. He's not gonna do the flashy stuff. Except he's gonna catch. You know, a forty-yard touchdown over his shoulders in the playoff game and spin. Why is he? That was flashy. And the touchdown yeah. against Notre Dame. But he. Yeah. He. He's. He's gonna do the dirty work for the most part. Um. I think he's more the glue guy of the core. Um. And then Marvin Harrison, though. I mean, so I watched I watched the movie Air about Michael Jordan and like the Nike and good stuff. Movie. I, good movie. It really is. I, I I'm getting those. Like I, I know this is crazy. I'm getting those vibes though from Marvin Harrison Jr. I think. I mean, I think he might be like the next generational talent in this sport. Um, I wouldn't be shocked in you know five years. He's he's like a brand. If that makes sense, he, he the, the only thing that if unless he can do it this year, take the top off, 
he he's got the size of Terrell Owens, the hands of Chris Carter, the athleticism of Jerry Rice, and if he can just take the start taking the top off of people, he's all he's Randy. He's got the speed of Randy Moss. Randy Moss wasn't fast, but he took the top off of people. I mean, that's. That's what he looks like. He's got the body type of, like I said, body type of Terrell Owens, T.O., the hands of Chris Carter, Jerry Rice's athleticism, and then, you know, if he can start taking the top off, you know, getting separation, he's got Randy Moss. That's insane. Honestly, you know. He has the work ethic, though. He has the work ethic of probably. Mary Fitzgerald. Yeah, I mean that. I honestly, I think that's probably who he comps to is probably Larry Fitzgerald right now. I mean, when you look at it, he's probably going to be a top Heisman finalist. Larry Fitzgerald was probably a top two pick. Larry Fitzgerald, uh, great character guy, hard worker. I think. I mean, I think that's probably he. he, That's the closest thing we have to Larry Fitzgerald. Honestly, his body type reminds you of DeAndre Hopkins. That too. I mean, it, yeah, it's he's a full deal though. It's it's going to be amazing just to watch him this year. I just I just hope he stays healthy. I really do. It's here's a question for you. I know down in Cincinnati, Jamar Chase gets most of the reps, but he's kind of like Ohio State's Ameko Buka, where he's more athletic. You know, even is is. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Ohio State, Emeka, Abuka, and Marvin Harris. Think about it. Tall, beefy wide receiver that with sure hands. I feel like that's. I feel like T. Higgins is Marvin. I feel like T. Higgins is Marvin Harrison. Yeah, and Jamar Chase is Emeka, Emeka Abuka. You could take a slant route and take it to the house. Yeah, but, I mean that makes that makes sense. Bro. I just, but it's like it's the opposite though because I feel like. I feel like Jamar is the go-to guy. Yeah, he is. I feel like Marvin is our go-to guy this year. Not that, not that Emeka isn't. I and mean, we we've used him a lot in like games, like like Northwestern game. He was the go-to guy, and he he has been the go-to guy at times. But I feel like everyone knows the alpha is Marvin, but Emeka is. I mean, he's going to get his too. And then Julian Fleming, Tyler Boyd. Seems seems fair to me. I mean, I mean, I look. I, I know I'm saying this because I'm a Bengals fan, but the problem is Kyle McCord and C.J. Stroud are not Joe Burrow. You don't, you don't know though. Kyle McCord might light it up this year. He might surprise everyone, and just, I, it's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be tough just to not have a phenomenal year with this receiving core. It really is. If, I mean, the offense, the way everybody's talking, this offensive. I mean, Joe Burrow. Winning the Super Bowl with a bad offensive line, yeah. But uh, we don't. But we don't know what Kay, we don't know about Kyle McCordy. We don't know if he's going to be the Joe Burrow as he could. So I, I think he is. I, I mean, I'm not maybe not Joe Burrow, but I think he he's going to be. He's not going to be Joe Bowser. He's not. He's uh, he's not bad. He's not a bad quarterback. It's no. it's just. Are they going to put him in situations that are good to his skill set? Is my question. I'm looking at this with the roster we have. 
the guy could throw the ball a little bit. You know, the roster we have him on offense. If he could play like Craig Krenzel did in the 2002 National Championship, I'll be okay. Because I know for a fact we have a better offense than that 2002 National Championship. If he could play with the attitude that Craig Krenzel did in 2002, I'm okay. I mean, what's comforting is Ohio State doesn't need an elite. And we said this before, the best the best team in college football doesn't always need the best quarterback to win the national championship. Bama has shown it. Ohio State has shown it twice with Craig Krenzel and Cardale Jones. It's it's okay. But I think, you know, Kyle McCord is a guy who I believe in. Um, and that's all I really or, got for this or episode. Devin or Devin yeah. Brown. Or, or, or Tristan Gebbia. Maybe third string Tristan Gebbia gets it done. I mean, yeah, with, with this, with Aaron Olin in a, in a year or two. Uh, but we have we have about 20 seconds left, Cass. That's all I got. You got anything else before we've ended up here? No, nope, go Bucks. Go Bucks, baby. Um, and everyone, just enjoy enjoy your weekend. It's going to be beautiful out. Um, also, happy belated Memorial Day. Thank you for all the troops um, who have served and you know have died protecting this country. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, And as always, thank you for listening to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. Go Bucks.